Hey guys, so Ryan's going to be joining me here so shortly. So we have that coming in. So um, yeah, tonight we're going to be talking about some some new comics. Hey Ryan, how are you doing? Fantastic. All right, so let's get this show on the road. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the It's Too Wordy comic book podcast, where a couple of buddies talk about comics from their childhood and today. I'm Ryan, and I'm joined by... And I'm, and I'm Nick. How you doing, Nick? Oh, you know, um, just staying at home, working at home, living the dream. Yeah, from what it sounds like, you're staying plenty busy doing that, too, so... Yeah, that's what I like to tell people. <laughs> Well, sure that's what... what I like to tell people at work. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure whoever came up with living the dream did not uh, intend for it to be uh, like this. So, no. All right. So this week, the new book that we're covering is Seven Secrets by Boom Studio. And then we are on the letter T, right? Correct. Oh, thank goodness I read the right book then. All right. And I know you were pretty busy, um, so you didn't get a chance to read too much. So I'll go ahead and knock out Seven Secrets real quick, and then we'll let you go ahead with your T characters. that work? Yeah, it's cool. All right. So Seven Secrets is by Boom Studios. Um, the writer's Tom Taylor, and the artist is Danielle D. Nicolo. Um, this was a interesting book. It caught my interest because they said that it's very similar to Once and Future, uh, which is another book by Boom Studios that I really, really enjoy. Um, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, if they're saying it's going to be similar to that, it's got to be decent, I would think, because it's one of Boom's hottest books. Um, so I tried this out. And I'm not entirely sure what's going on in here at all. Um, they do a little bit of time jumping. So they do start off like a now time frame where it looks like Knight Templars uh, find a book and open it up. And it's supposed to be like the seven secrets. And and like the secret society is fighting these Templars. They get this book, kid jumps out a window, jumps on a motorcycle, takes off, and then it reverts back 15 years to kind of explain why, uh, what's going on in the current day. We'll come to find out that two of these secret service people or what, whoever they were, they were fighting the Templars, um, ended up pregnant. The the gal ended up pregnant, and uh, they were partners. And the society said you can't be partners anymore. And I think where it's headed is that the kid is the kid that jumped out the window with the book, leaving his father behind. Um, and that's kind of where it leaves it at. 
but it keeps on talking about these seven secrets, but they really don't give you any indication of what, where it's going, where it's kind of headed at. Um, so I don't know how I feel about this at all. Uh, <laughs> the art is absolutely beautiful. Um, and I've got faith in Tom Taylor. Uh, he wrote, wrote Injustice. He did some Batman, I think. And I've always liked everything he kind of touches. But um, starting off cold with a couple of characters you don't know anything about, I'll probably give the next book another shot to see, kind of see what if it kind of starts leading somewhere. But right now, it, it's very... Um, I can't even say it's like a cliffhanger. It's just it was a slow build where you're not yep. seeing where it's headed, if that makes sense. All right, I got a question for you. Yeah. So these seven secrets are in seven briefcases, right? Yes. Were That's they always briefcases for all like through the centuries? Or were they just no? Like... They look like they're kind <laughs> of. <laughs> um, from what I can tell, they've been held in other things, but. One, like the secret that they're currently focusing on is in this briefcase guarded by these Templars. Why is it always a briefcase? Nobody uses briefcases anymore. It's always like uh, Pulp Fiction. Let's go back yeah. to that. Like everything is always in a briefcase. So, That's a good point. Yeah, nobody why? really does use briefcases anymore, but I think They've got to be a little bit more sturdy than just throwing them into a backpack. Right. It's in my, uh, my man bag. I've got, I mean, I guess you can get a padlock for your backpack or whatever, but I mean, I guess it seems briefcases has always had that indication of, you know, this is where the money's kept and you got to open it up with the, the code or whatever, or, uh, that's where the bomb was placed under Hitler's chair. Kind of, you know, right. They always had that. They've always made them sound cool. <laughs> I, but yeah, you don't see briefcases anymore. That's for sure. No, and they're pretty conspicuous. Somebody's walking down the street with a briefcase. It's like, oh, especially <laughs> now. Person. Yeah, it's like you're doing something weird. What's in that, dude? What is in that? I have never given it that much thought, and that's a very good point. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Oh, yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's four bucks. It came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, obviously, we missed last week uh, due to something coming up for me. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you kind of like the mystery, and that's kind of where I'm labeling this right now as a mystery secret society type thing, give it a shot. <laughs> now I'm going to be looking for briefcases. All right. Yep. <laughs> you don't even see them downtown, like in the cities anymore, or anything where people, business people are going from place to place. They always have backpacks, or um, you have an external hard drive. You don't. Oh, need you one. got that too. You don't even need to. Yeah, you don't need to carry that stuff around. Yeah. Well, good point. Be very interesting. All right. So, what do you have for your T character, Nick? For my T character, I did Tick 
Karma Tornado number one from 1993 from New England Press Comics or New England Comics Press, sorry. Um, this isn't Ben Edlund, but he did script it or he did do the layouts for it. It's by Chris McCulloch and Bill Nevin. Bill Neville. Wow. I can't even spell it, say Neville. Um, so <clears throat> this is sort of a sequel to the first series. I mean, it kind of jumps around a lot. Um, <clears throat> have you ever read Contest of Champions from Marvel? Yeah. Or Secret War where <laughs> this entity comes along and takes people from the planets and makes them fight each other. This is just like that. Like the first issue, I think. So <laughs> it's called challenge of champions and the tick gets taken to this weird planet. Right. And um, he is told that he is the leader of the heroes from earth that have to fight. And there's an orientation that's coming up and he needs to attend it. So he, they're like, well, your team will be here tomorrow. You just head toward the orientation and, you know, learn all about the rules and how this is going to work. Well, all right, that's cool, right? So he goes into the giant room with everybody, the auditorium, and um, he meets a giant whale guy, right? And... Mm. Nobody can see behind the whale because the whale's up front and he starts crying like, oh, I'm always just so big. And the tick like comforts him and these weird time traveling fish come up to him and are like, hey, you guys want to skip all this? We'll just skip forward a little bit and you can, you know, it's just really weird, right? This book, oh my God. So one of the guys that helps him orientate to it, his name is uh, Spiff and he is... Uh, well, it, this thing takes the, the look of Spiff, who's a 1950s cereal-looking mascot who does crunchy cereal, but it tastes like ice cream or it's crunchy ice cream for breakfast. It's just... Okay, now... Um, so <laughs> the tick moves ahead in time and he misses the entire orientation, so he has no idea what's going on. <laughs> and... Spiff is trying. Spiff is trying to get him to ask questions. Like, uh, so you ready for tomorrow? You ready to meet your team? Tick's like, well, I do have one question. Yeah, what's that? Where does milk come from? That's his only question. Is where does milk come from? So they spend like a, a page of them going to a dairy, and you know, like, oh, that you know, I know cows. You know, like man eating cow. You know, he's a great dude. Right? He taught me all about like uh, the greatness of being a cow. And the tick gets back to his room and he starts reading the manual and he starts imagining like, oh man, I'm going to get Paul the Samurai, Rambo, John Wayne, the Black Knight and Tarzan. Those are going to be my, my greatest people from, you know, from Earth that are going to help me out. And then he's thinking, he's like, oh, no, hold on. I bet I'm going to get... Um, uh, what's her name? Um, little kid, 1930s, uh, Dimples, what's, what's her name? Um, Shirley Temple. Shirley Temple. So he's thinking like Shirley Temple, a uh, guy playing the clarinet, Michael Jackson, 
the Queen of England, Richard Nixon, and Barishnikov, right? Then he's like, oh my God, these are probably the people I'm going to get. And so the next day, they're, they're finally announcing the team that of all the people from Earth, you know, because he doesn't get to pick them. He doesn't even get a question why he's getting these people because these beings have deemed these to be the greatest people from all of Earth history. So the first person that comes across out of the machine to fight everybody in the galaxy is Eli Whitney. He's like uh, the famed inventor <laughs> of the cotton gin. Yup. And I also made interchangeable parts. He invented those. Okay, that's great, right? Um, then out comes Imhotep, the ancient Egyptian magician. And then <laughs> the thoughtful looking man is George Washington Carver. <laughs> and then a superhero shows up and it's a guy named Vitaman. And he's like, Actually, that's not the real Vitaman. This is the guy that played him in the 1960s TV show. <laughs> oh, sh you know, oh, crap. And then, and then Mrs. O'Leary's cow comes out, the one that destroyed all of Chicago. <laughs> Cleopatra, two little kids. And then he's like, okay, we got one more. Oh, Tyrannosaurus Rex. And then Tyrannosaurus Rex busts out, eats Eli Whitney right out of the bat. And then he eats the cow, and the tick has to fight the Tyrannosaurus Rex and proves himself to be the leader. And, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much up. That's, that's issue one. Oh, my gosh. That sounds hilarious. So <laughs> I, I can't, you know, I, I probably read this back in 93, so I don't remember much of it. But it is so much our old Ninja Turtles role-playing game that we played <laughs> because everybody's useless and they have to go fight things. So it's going to be, it'll be pretty fun to finish that up. <gasps> Tyrannosaurus. You know what you need to do, Nick? You need to have like a live rating of this with that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle crew. Oh God. <laughs> Should I should? <laughs> oh my god, that would be hilarious! <laughs> Give everybody one here. You're Eli Whitney. You <laughs> are Cleopatra. You're the cow. <laughs> you know, it'd be great. Oh, oh my gosh, that may. Possibly be the highest rated episode you would ever have. <laughs> we uh we made the tick radio program. <laughs> Don't sue us, Ben. Oh, oh, sorry. I just, because I'm hearing when you're going over this, I'm picturing the voice or hearing the voices of those guys that are actually doing the TMNT show with you in my head. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this sounds exactly like one of those episodes. Kind of does. <laughs> oh. Oh, my gosh. That is great. Oh, I completely forgot about the tick. I don't know how I forgot about the tick. Wow. Oh, that's a good one.
<laughs> All right. So what do you got? Oh. All right. So my T character, not to be confused with the writer of the previous book that I just talked about, is uh, Tom Taylor from Unwritten. Um, I'm this one's Unwritten Apocalypse by Mike Carey and Peter Gross. Um, I thought this one was pretty uh, convenient for us because you and I are going to be doing a show about books of magic, uh, a long-running Vertigo title. And Peter Gross did some of the art for that and actually even took over some of the writing duties of Books of Magic Volume 2. And uh, Mike Carey, most people probably know him from his X-Men Legacy run or the Ultimate Fantastic Four, but he also had... Uh, the second longest run on Lucifer behind Garthenus. And uh, he did all of Unwritten. And Unwritten's one of my favorite Vertigo titles. Actually, it might be one of the fa my favorite books I've ever read from start to finish. Um, it's just a solid book. And um, so Unwritten was the original series. Unwritten Apocalypse is kind of a follow-up series to it. And the best way to describe this, there's a part where Tom is talking about himself. Let's see if I can find it here real quick. And he describes himself just perfectly. And I'm like, oh, that's going to be great. Uh, to, to do. So <clears throat> his character, Tom Taylor, is, I'll, I'll read this and then kind of explain it. So I'm Tom Taylor. My father, Wilson, uh, was a novelist, and he named me the hero in one of his books. Um, somehow that gave me the power to move in and out of stories, although I cannot con always control it. But the stories are real worlds in the belly of the great beast, Leviathan. And because he was wounded, it threw the whole world into chaos. Um and so now he's trying to make it back. So Unwritten, the original series, was all about him hopping through these books and meeting these different fictional characters. I mean, Moby Dick and uh, Edgar Allan Poe characters and things like that. Um, and here they focus on, it starts off black and white. And if you remember the grasshopper story where the grasshopper didn't save up, but the ants did for the winter, mm -hmm. right? It starts off with that story. And Tom's one of the, or is the grasshopper. And he's not quite grasping what's going on. And then <clears throat> he exchanges over to the ugly duckling story. And then as he's getting shot at, he goes over to the um, Ricky Tiki Tavi, whereas the mongoose fight in the cobra. And then all of a sudden he ends up in Alice in Wonderland and he's with the Mad Hatter and the uh, March Hare. And that's where he's kind of explaining how he's not insane. This is my, this is what my life is. I'm just trying to get home. And then he ends up in, um, Oh, the lion or the, what's, is it the lion, the witch in the wardrobe? Is that what the book's called? The yep. Narnia series. And I mean, so he's just hopping through these stories that even if you haven't ever read all these stories, you would recognize them. Um, 
and he's just hopping through these stories and he ends up in a world that's kind of like Winnie the Pooh and in reintroducing these characters that he was really good friends with in the original unwritten series and having dialogue and saying, Hey, I want to, I want to stay here with you guys, but I actually need to get home. And they're like, Oh, it's okay. Go ahead and go. We'll miss you. But you know, we understand. And as it goes, you know, he, there's even a scene where they, uh, if you remember the Winnie the Pooh story where they throw the stick in the water and they're watching the, stick float down the water off the bridge. Uh, it's one of the more famous Winnie the Pooh stories. Um, he finally makes it home and he runs into the people that he was running with in Unwritten. But now the world has been almost completely destroyed because of his adventures in Unwritten. Um, this is an amazing story. Um, I would not start off with Unwritten Apocalypse because you'd have no idea what was actually happening. But just getting the unwritten books, um, in either single issue or trade, and then getting into this is just fantastic. Us talking about doing this Books of Magic show got me really thinking, what's the, you know, about this series again? Because I found a lot of similarities with uh, Tim Hunter in Tom Taylor, um, as far as there's a magical essence about both of them. And although it's a different type of, uh, magic to each of them. And when you read it, you can't help but think it's kind of a mix of Harry Potter and, uh, you know, kind of like that Harry Potter story, kind of like books of magic, which came out before Harry Potter, by the way, but the same type of deal, you're kind of, that magic and his core friends and trying to get out of trouble and that kind of a thing. Absolutely. Check this out. I cannot rave about this enough. It's absolutely one of my favorite books. All right. I picked up the first trade of that. I still need to read it. Oh, you know, um, and it's weird because I'm a huge, um, fan of books of magic. So, these are the same guys who did that and they did Lucifer and yeah. And why have I not read this? You know? Yeah. It, it is just see with, with books of magic, you kind of Tim is, or uh, yeah, Tim is like the Harry Potter character for those who have never read it with this. It would be like Tim being outside reading his own book. Right. And, you know, in uh, that series, this unwritten series, I, I just absolutely love it. I need to go back and read the whole thing again. Um, but I've got all the trades on it. Um, I've got all this. Uh, I started picking up uh, the apocalypse ones when uh, they first started coming back out or coming out in 2014. And it's just an amazing series. Um, and But I was late to Books of Magic. I found unwritten before Books of Magic. Then I started reading Books of Magic. And I'm like, Wow, this is great! You know, um, I, I I think probably unwritten in books of magic are probably two of the best Vertigo titles ever created. They're just, in my mind, a perfect read. Don't have a lot of um, laws to them. There's always something going on, 
And even when you think there is a little bit of a lull, whatever's happening there is actually going to have a massive impact Mm -hmm. a few issues later. So, all right. Oh, sorry. Good book. Good book. All right. So, uh, goings on at Krypton. Um, Got a show coming up at the end of, what was it? The, like September 27th, I think, here in Omaha that they're going to be a part of. Um, it is called Quad City Con. Is that right, Nick? Yep. Okay. Um, it's called the Quad City Con. So they're going to be involved with that. Um, Isn't that in, that's in Davenport, Iowa, right? Well, there's, they're, they're actually expanding. There's one in Davenport. There's actually one going to be here in Council Bluffs, so in the Omaha region. Or maybe it is in Omaha. I can't remember. Uh, but they're hitting quite a few different places. They're kind of expanding out a little bit. And as far as I know, this is the first time they're hitting the Omaha area. So, um, but yeah, there's going to be a show in Davenport as well, but they just added this one up for Omaha, I think, on the 27th of September. Um, they did, I was notified immediately about this. I know everybody's going to be blown away that somebody communicated about a Green Lantern book that came into the shop to me. Uh, but a golden age Green Lantern issue 20 graded at a three and a half came into the shop. So they're picking up new stuff all the time. Um, constantly getting into new books. They got a yet another carded G.I. Joe figure in, so now they have mainframe and Chuckles carded figures um, that look really great. So, you know, if you're in the area, absolutely stop in and check them out. If you are not, you can follow them on the Krypton Comics page on Facebook, and they're constantly posting things that they're getting, and uh, they're always willing to work online, and I think they even have some stuff out there on eBay as well. So definitely check them out. All right, that brings us to our random reads, and you didn't have any this week, Nick. Again, that's all right. I've got two. Actually, I could probably say I got three. Um, So the first one I've got is Shadow Service by Vault Comics. Um, This is by Kavan Scott is the writer. And Corwin ha- Corin Howell is the artist. And this reminds me of a dark Zantana from DC Comics. Um, she is, you don't know this, but just by reading it a little bit, the main character um, is a witch bounty hunter. Is from what I'm kind of picking up here. And she talks to, um, she can communicate with animals. So she's, her best friend is a rat, (laughs) a literal rat. And it kind of goes into the history of her a little bit and how she found out she had these powers. Um, Apparently her mom was dating someone and the person that she was dating was very abusive to the mom. And so she's like, yeah, that's not happening anymore and yelled at him. 
when she was very young and basically made him part of the wallpaper in their apartment. And her mom basically said, I don't want anything to do with you and ran. Um, and then they kind of use some old witch techniques or whatever. Like they're trying to track a guy and she's like, well, normally you use a nail to do this, but she has a nail gun. So she shoots it in there and all of a sudden she hears this yell and into this footprint because there's a footprint left by this guy she's tracking and he's got now has a nail through his foot because she shot a nail gun through the muddy footprint in a relayed over to the, the guy she's trying to catch um, showing that she's got these witch powers and <clears throat> she calls this CIA agent type character CIA agents for witches, I guess. I, I don't know if there's a name for that, but uh, he shows up and he's like, yeah, we don't ask questions. We don't want to know anything about each other, that kind of thing. I'm just taking this guy. See ya. And she's like, oh, okay. You know, um, she goes and because she's a witch and has developed these powers, she can't sleep. She just said that because of those powers, she has insomnia now. So she goes to the gym at one in the morning and sees this guy working out. And she's like, I think I recognize him from somewhere. Where do I recognize him from? So she actually follows him into the men's locker room, and the guy's not there anymore. She's like, what the heck? Well, she goes over to the bench that he was working out on, and there's sweat all over it. And so apparently her powers allow her, if she sniffs it, she can figure out who it is, and she's a, she tracks the person down. Well, it's a shapeshifter is what it is. And it was all a trap to capture her. And that's where the book leaves off at. Um, and they end up capturing her. Um, this starts off with a, a very solid story going. Um, it caught my attention immediately. The art is just gorgeous in this. They, the, you know, it's not over exaggerated in any way. He makes the people actually look like real individuals you just see on the street, not like massive muscles, you know, bulging out everywhere or anything like that. Um, it is more of a horror book. There is some graphic details in here, but boy, this was good. And I cannot wait for the next episode or the next episode, next issue of this. Um, if you're able to find it, absolutely pick this one up. It, uh, it is just great. Uh, reminds me a little bit of, oh, I'm not going to think of the guy's name. Um, there's a book or a book series about him. And then it was a TV show for a little bit. Uh, he's like a um, warlock. Oh. It's not Dresden. Dresden. Yes. It reminds me of a female Dresden. And I've always liked those. So that grabbed my attention. Um, thank you, Nick. <laughs> sure. I knew I could count on you for that one. All right. Um, so, and then I kind of went off the deep end. Um, I read Mad Balls number one. And I wasn't going to review it because it was like, Ugh, how is this a comic book? But I will review it real quick. Um, 
It is unbelievably goofy. Madballs was a toy from the early 90s, I believe. I remember them in stores. I, but I always thought they were like the 80s, but they kept on referencing Are Madballs from like 1987? Are they from 87? Because they were ab- because the comic itself was referring to um, like the early 90s. I didn't think they were around that long. But I was thinking they were in the 80s as well. But for those that don't know, these Mad Balls are, they had faces on a ball. One was like a mummy, one was a ghoulish-like thing, um, one was a gigantic eyeball, that kind of a thing. And it gives the backstory of how um, they're in a toy truck, and this toy truck's driving along this alley. It hits a bump. Seven or eight bouncy balls come flying out of the trunk, or the back of the truck, because apparently they were not boxed properly. They fall into some liquid ooze, go Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the whole thing, and turn into balls that can now talk. 1985. 85, really? Huh. Yeah. So is this insane. the uh, the Star Comics, or is this the later one that just came it's out? Star Comics. Nice. Okay. So, and I think it was only a three-issue three miniseries. But, uh, and maybe I'm thinking wrong on those dates. I don't know. But, um, wow. 85? Wow. Anyhow, um, they meet up with some kids and start playing baseball with them. And they're having a grand old time. And uh, Frank and Wiener, the professor at this lab that had the toxic waste out in their yard, hears the balls talking. So he goes out to try to capture them. And... Chaos ensues, and then the balls obviously escape. I, it, silly story. I don't know how you make a comic book out of it. They clearly did. Um, they even had a crossover one at one point with the Care Bears. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it's, uh, yeah. So one of those times when they were like, hey, we have a toy for this. Let's make a comic book. So, and then finally, my last one is a book in honor of a TV show I remember very fondly back from the early 80s or mid 80s, 87-ish maybe, Sledgehammer. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And it's been such a long time since I've watched it, but I... It's still one of those shows that's stuck in my head uh, where he is a goofball detective. And Sledgehammer comic book is only two issues. Um, I'm reviewing issue one. And it guest stars Santana. And I I vaguely remember the show, right? I, I, I know I love the show. I remember the character. I don't remember a lot of the plots or anything like I do with the Dukes of Hazard or the A-Team or something like that. But I do remember, the, you know, the basics of the show. And um, this comic kind of fit, kept the, that voice of the characters uh, exactly the same. Um, and I got a kick out of it. It's a really dated references. But they're, um, uh, Satana is 
traveling across the country and she stops at a hotel and it's got the whole psycho theme going and somebody's trying to kill her. They killed the previous two Santanas and Santana is a character that uh, is like Elvira, the nighttime uh, horror show or Sven that kind of an introduction to a really bad horror show type thing. And so um, Sledgehammer is now involved in protecting her uh, while somebody is trying to kill her. And they make references to um, Christine, the car, but it's actually, they call her uh, Pristine. Um, her real name, by the way, Santana's real name is Stephanie King. So a knock on Stephen King. Um, it, it's just craziness. There, there's a guy that's... Uh, was it Crazy Teddy, which is Freddy? There's a guy that's like Jason, but he wears a pumpkin on his head. I it just stupidness all the way through, and all Sledge cares about is uh, his Halloween pumpkin and his gun. And the girls end up saving each other, and Sledge did nothing about you know really didn't help at all. Just like in the TV show. Um, his great memories, very dated with some of the references, but uh, well worth uh, the dollar fifty I paid for this to read this. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I found out, and you'll probably know something about this, Nick, because you remember some of these more obscure books that I don't. But do you remember a book called Wolf Pack by Larry Hama and uh, Ron Wilson? Oh, uh, sounds before familiar, they, but it says before they clean their rooms, they have to clean their streets. <laughs> no, and it looked, I mean, and they got them stationed set up underneath like an L train. And, um, it reminded me a little bit of the movie, the warriors, the way they got them stationed around a, this L train. I may have to pursue that one too. It's a graphic novel and a monthly start series starting next month or next March. And that's, this was from 1987. So clearly um, I've never seen any issues of that. Otherwise I'd probably already own it, but uh, <laughs> I did enjoy reading this. I laughed a lot. Um, it made me want to see that TV show again. God. <laughs> All right. So that takes us to, you have your list, Nick. So, yeah, um, so there's some weird things about Mad Balls, right? So there was two video games. One came out in 86. Really? And then one came out, yeah, it, it was horrible, right? It was just a top-down, walk-around kind of game. And uh, the next one was just out on the iPad. I don't remember the the new one. I'm surprised. I, I mean, I'm surprised I don't remember that. The old one, I don't – what was it on? Um, from what I can read, it was came out from Ocean Software, and it was. It doesn't say, you know. Thanks Wikipedia for absolutely nothing, but yeah, huh. there was. I mean, it's been out for a long time. I bought the. I think it was IDW that brought it out a couple years ago, and yeah, I, I picked up one. the first issue, and it was six bucks. I was like, for Mad Balls, 
this ain't going nowhere. Six dollars. You can take that in your micronauts and shove it up your butt. You know, <laughs> six bucks. Um, yeah, that's what I know. They were pay- was doing a lot of crossover stuff, weird stuff too. So yeah, yeah. I know you were like, uh, um, trying to pay off that license, but you know, it's mad balls. How much could that license be? There, there's some videos that you can get some cartoons. I mean, there's a couple out. Um, See, I vaguely remember a cartoon. I think there's like two, two episodes: "Escape from the Orb" and "Gross Jokes," which is weird. Um, then the next one was Sledgehammer. I saw it streaming about a couple years ago. Uh, no longer available anywhere. <laughs> you can probably get it on uh, on Blu-ray or DVD, but you're not right. going to be able to stream it anywhere. I don't know why. Maybe he doesn't want anybody to remember that he was in it. <laughs> but I do remember him loving that gun throughout every episode. He was just yeah. in love with his gun. <laughs> yeah, he was talking to it throughout the whole issue, and the girls were like, uh, is he talking to us? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's talking to his gun. <laughs> oh, all right. So my top ten list for S, correct? S, correct. Yes. All right. This is going to begin and end with a spider. So number ten, Scarlet Spider. Number nine, Scorpio, uh, otherwise known as Jacob Fury. Eight, Saturn Girl. Seven Superman, six Sasquatch, five the Scarlet Witch, four the Spectre, three She Hulk, two the Sandman, Wesley Dodds, and number one Spider Man. Okay, we got a couple of the same, but pretty drastically different. Uh, so my 10, uh, 10 is uh, Psylocke, uh, nine Spider Man, eight the Shade from. Um, Oh my gosh! What's that character's name? With uh, Starman. Starman. Thank you. <laughs> One say Star Girl. I'm like, no, that's not. It. Uh, seven <laughs> Snake Eyes. Six Shadowhawk. Uh, five Sandman. Wesley Dodds. Four Storm Shadow. Three Saint Walker. Two Sinestro. Number one Sodom Yacht. Nice. Yeah, I seriously, I was like, oh, it's going to take me forever to figure out what S's I want. And I just started jotting names down. I'm like, eh, I'm done. All right. Yeah. All right, done. <laughs> I, wow. I threw these down because I was not going to go through and, like, revise my list. There's just oh, yeah. no way, you know. Like, There's just uh, so many. There's, like, 8,000 S superheroes. So yeah. It, to, to quote our president, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. So. That's my list. Still a good list. You got any news for this week? Um, I kind of do. Let's see if I can find something. Um, Marvel announced a yellow Hulk in the kids comic books or in the kids uh, graphic novels, which is kind of weird. Um, let me see if I can find out what it's called. It is 
you don't you don't want wasted space on the air because so many people are listening right now. Um, <laughs> so, can I find it? Can I find it? Yeah, there it is. It uh, Marvel Action Adventures number eleven um, has a yellow Hulk in it, and apparently he. Is powered by fear. Imagine that. Huh. So, wonder where they got that idea at. <laughs> right. Um, there was something else that I wanted to talk about. The Marvel is re- revealing a new Eternals comic, and you guys know how much I love Jack Kirby and a lot of his creations. I hate the Eternals. I think they're boring and repetitive you already have the inhumans why the hell do you need the eternals you have you have so much already going these guys are like the bottom of the rung of jack kirby's creations no stop it stop re- trying to revamp them and shove them down our throats and they're going they're, to with the movie coming out i know and who cares i know I know some people said, who cares when they saw the Guardians advertisement? They were like, oh my God, it's a fucking talking tree and a raccoon, right? And then everybody knows who Groot and Rocket Raccoon are now. Thank you very much. Keep some of the nerd things for ourselves. (laughs) I'm sorry. My mom shouldn't know who Groot is. (laughs) I mean, it's my wife's favorite character. Right? Does Does your wife read comics? Um... Sometimes she used to read Harley Quinn, but that was about it. Yeah. Okay. Never really got into it. Well, right. So it's like, I'm going to be an elitist snob. Keep something for us. Okay. So, and now they're also doing an audio drama of the Sandman, the Neil Gaiman Sandman. Oh yeah. Yeah. Stop. Stop it. Stop putting this out in the general public. We don't need them to know <laughs> that is ours. Not yours. Give it back. I don't know. I actually got kind of excited about it. I thought it might be really pretty decent. Yeah, I want to hear I it. I think that would be a character that would be great, or that would be a series that would be great as a audio. But it's like, I, you know, I don't, I'm going to be elitist now. I'm like, these are mine. These are my memories from my childhood. Stop it. Stop giving them to everybody else. But I don't know. Um, Rob Leffeld did reveal that he has unused artwork from an unused Daredevil reboot from Heroes Reborn. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. If you go to <laughs> CBR.com, you can see it on there and it yikes. Yikes. He, it looks like, okay, I'm going to pick on him for his feet. He looks like he's wearing heels. Because his feet, he's sitting flat, but his feet are at an angle pointing down. Like, he's wearing heels. Or at least weird Batwoman boots. I don't know. Um, yeah. That just That's, can't be good. I I watched the trailer for the new Batman movie. Yeah. I'm pretty, pretty excited for it. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, he, it looks super dark and 
gritty. And I'm okay with the younger Batman. That's fine. And the only thing I have wrong with it is Robert Pattinson's hair. I don't mind Robert Pattinson. I'm His hair. I mean, they gave him a bowl cut kind of in this. And it's just like, ooh, yikes. You're Bruce Wayne. You're supposed to be getting all the ladies and you have a bowl cut. Okay. <laughs> I get it. But the action looks great. The 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 setting is perfect. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for it. I don't know. I couldn't pull my pull the trigger on looking at it yet. I might have to now. Yeah, um, give it a shot. The only the only one I wasn't sure of is the new um, Suicide Squad. It is James Gunn, so I'm going to give it a shot, but. The characters that he's pulling in for this? Wow. Okay. Like, (laughs) I'm betting most of them die. So that's all right. But I kind of want to see what Nathan Fillion's going to do with it. I mean, you got Nathan Fillion, you got um, Madsen in there, you got uh, John Cena. <laughs> um, I there there's some. I, I say John Cena, and I go, and there's some names in there. Uh, <laughs> that didn't feel right at all, but uh, there's some decent names in there, you know. Yeah, Pete Davidson, John Cena, Margot oh, Robbie, Davidson. yeah, Idris Elba, Nathan Fillion. Oh, it goes on and on. Uh, Michael Rooker, Storm Reed, um, Peter Capaldi, uh, Sean Gunn, of course. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that's a given. Yeah, right. But like, yeah, um, it. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's some, so many like throwaway characters in this that there's just probably going to be blood everywhere. Oh yeah. I can imagine. Margaret Robbie's going to be the only one coming out of that alive. <laughs> yep. Oh. But I am interested in seeing it. It'll be interesting. Yeah, that Daredevil did not look good. No. <laughs> no. That's exactly what I pictured, too, because I remember him doing uh, Cap mm-hmm. for that, too. Oh. Wow. Oh, did you want to um, talk about the um, the thing you uh, invested in? Oh, right. Uh, on Kickstarter, they announced a Hellboy role-playing game. Um, it's not really that expensive for what you get. I would definitely go check it out. Just uh, check out Hellboy role-playing game. And... It's going to come out in, I think, May of 2021. So you have plenty of time. But they're already ranking or going through all of the uh, the, the, the gifts, um, all the stuff that you get for, you know, going through levels and stuff. They're, they're just blowing through them. So there's going to be a ton of extra stuff that they're going to give away when this thing is over. Um, I also got to watch what this is funny. So 
The only time I really get to watch TV is when I'm at work. So, <laughs> so hope nobody's <laughs> listening. So, um, I am almost done with the first season of Sub- the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and yeah. it's really good, but it's super creepy. Like if you're if you think this is Sabrina the Teenage Witch, you are completely out of it because it's not. Um, yeah, there. She she murders a witch, brings her back to life. She cuts her throat, and yeah, it's it's a dark dark story. Um, what else? Uh, I'm rewatching the Next Generation Star Trek: The Next Generation just. <laughs> so I'm in season three right now. So that tells you how much work I've actually been doing. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's pretty much what I do all day. You know, with Star Trek, I think I've only seen like three episodes ever in one of the movies. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's on reruns all the time, and every once in a while I'll stop and watch a few minutes of it. Like the other night, there was one on for uh, when uh, Data or Data went in with uh, Jordy and played uh, Sherlock Holmes against Moriarty. Moriarty. Mm-hmm. I watched the end of that one. But, I mean, truthfully, I, I just never could get into... William Shatner always ruined it for me because I always felt like he was overreacting overacting <laughs> in the original series. And then that new next generation, I just, I couldn't ever really get into it. So I, I've never watched too much of it. Yeah. No, I, I missed a lot of it. I think a lot of it has to deal with like, um, growing up at that time. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't watch it until I went and went for a summer with my dad and we watched like a ton of it because he was a huge uh, closet Trekkie, I guess. I mean, we went to the movies, we watched some of the old stuff, and then I was over at his house, and he recorded the episodes. So we watched a lot of them. And I think it's just the memory of watching them with my dad. Oh, sure. Uh, that, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, this is the episode where we were blah, blah, blah. You know, this is that summer. And so, um, so that got me into it. I tried uh, Deep Space Nine. I can't do it. I, just, I don't care what happens on that. <laughs> I mean, how many how many stories can you have of somebody coming through a wormhole? Yeah. Apparently, three seasons full or something like that. <laughs> um, I I tried Voyager. I can't do Voyager. I don't like the characters. I do not like the storyline. I mean, um, I finished Enterprise, which is surprising. But I think Jolene Blaylock had a lot to do with that. Um, so if you ever look up Jolene Blaylock, uh, you should probably do it now. Um, she, like, she's the only reason to watch that show. Um, and then I got my wife into the Orville. You gotta, if you don't like Star Trek, because you will love the Orville. Um, it's Seth MacFarlane, and right. oh my god, it sometimes is more Star Trek than Star Trek. Like, it, it deals really? with it deals with gender issues. 
um, gay rights, um, too much external sensory overload from our phones, um, the whole culture of us and how many likes we like or how many things that we like on Facebook or don't like, you know, thumbs down, thumbs mm -hmm. ups. There's a whole episode that deals with a society that rules their world based on an app like that. Like, like well, oh, the government announced this thought. up or down, you know, this guy committed murder, maybe up or down. So, um, is it funny? Yeah. There's okay. a, there's, there's a, a lot of dick and fart jokes, which is pretty, <laughs> it's, it's Seth MacFarlane. So I right, you know what yeah. to get into, but it's faithful. It's, um, some of them are directed by, um, Brandon Braga, who did Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, it's produced by him. John Favreau produces it. Really? Um, the guy who played hmm, William Riker on Next Gen. Oh yeah, he directs some, he directs some episodes. Wow, and yeah, he just got a whole bunch of Star Trek people to come and help make the show. So there's a lot of characters that show up that were Star Trek actors. And you're like, dude, that's the Doctor from this episode. That's the Doctor from those. That's the that guy was, you know, a, a Vulcan on one of these things. You know, it's like there's a lot of people that he brings on. Huh. And. Of course, he's got his friends that show up, like Charlize Theron shows up, and <laughs> um, Putty from Seinfeld. What's oh, his name? Patrick Warburton. He, yeah, he, he, he shows up. <laughs> and just, he, yeah, I mean, you're just looking at, like, when is, my, when is his next friend going to show up in the show? So, but no, it's... Oh. It's 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 really good. I mean, I, I made Sonia watch one episode of it, and she got addicted to it. So, I'll have and to it's, check it out. it's really, you know, um, what it what it should be like. You know, the storylines are based around right now, how we're dealing with stuff, and how they would deal with it in the future. But no, it's definitely well, I'll, it's pretty I'll make cool. an effort to check that out. I've I've seen it on a couple of times. And I'm like, yeah. I've never really stopped to watch it. I'll have to see if I well, can check, uh, find it. It's on Hulu. Oh, okay. So the they're making season three right now. So there's only two seasons right now. Yeah, I know there wasn't. It wasn't too far in yet. But yeah, you'll start liking the characters. Like about the third episode. Third episode is my favorite. Out of all of them, I mean. It's when the, the show actually starts picking up. And you're not like, oh, this is just another ripoff of Star Trek. But I was like, holy shit, this is more Star Trek than Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll have to check it out. Cool. Awesome. Um, speaking of things we've watched, I'm a little late to the party. I finally watched Willow. Hey! I mean, uh, Star Trek Part Three or Star Wars, <laughs> not Star Wars. Yeah. Well, it was funny. I was watching. Uh, I like to watch the reruns of the Goldbergs. Mm -hmm. And 
I knew Willow was on Disney Plus. I just kind of forgot about it. And there was an episode where uh, Adam is like, okay, I'm going to go do the Mother's Day pictures, and then I'm going to go see Willow. And yeah. obviously Beverly's like, oh, no, now we're going to spend the rest of the day together. And he's like, no, I hate you. She's like, fine, go see Willow. And he goes, I told my mom I hated her to go see Willow because I thought it was going to be not so Willow. And <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I've got to watch this. Oh, wow. That was, yeah, I, it felt very Star or Star Wars. It really did. Um, it's the same story, just just redone in a different time. Yeah. The I didn't realize Ron Howard directed it. And he somehow survived and became a great director. Um, <laughs> yep. It was not good. It was so, so bad. <laughs> so if you think about, like, Willow, Willow Offgood, he is Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Right? He's a budding magician who, who's not using the force and goes on a journey to save a princess. But this time he has a princess with him. And he meets Mad Mardigan, Han Solo. Han Solo. <laughs> who, who is the best part of the movie? Yes. To go fight an evil emperor or empress or witch who has a black cloaked armored goon knight. Uh-huh. The only thing that was weird is they kind of switched the Leia character. So she was the the knight's daughter? Uh, the queen's right? daughter. Queen's daughter, right. So that was the only part that they really switched up. But Yeah. The second it started, I'm like, oh, this is like that Ewok TV show. Yeah. <laughs> Filled yep. in the exact same location. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, um, other news I had was DC is just irritating me to no end. Um, they announced they're canceling Teen Titans, Young Justice, Suicide Squad. Um, they're canceling Batgirl, Batman, and the Outsiders. Justice League Odyssey, probably one of the best books on the shelf right now. Uh, along with Hawkman. Uh, they're canceling Ooh. that. Um, and then they're canceling Aquaman. So, I mean, they're dropping titles like bricks here. Um, I mean, truthfully, Batgirl, okay. Batman and the Outsiders, no surprise there. Um Suicide Squad, they relaunched that all the time. Young Justice, that didn't surprise me. Teen Titans, that was going nowhere fast. That didn't surprise me. Um, but as much praise as Justice League Odyssey and Hawkman have been getting for how well uh, the stories have been told, um, that, those two did surprise me. So come November, all those are going to be done. Oh my god! I'm so sad about the. And now I was going to tell you 
you need to read the new, this last issue of Hawkman. Read this last story arc. I have a feeling you're going to love it. The last page of this last Hawkman book. And I turn the page, look at it for just a second. I go, Nick needs to read this. (laughs) I, it was just, just like that. I'm like, yep. And I don't care if you know anything else that's going on before going into this last story. Yeah. You need to read it for the last page. And I guarantee you'll pick up the last arc. Which which the which issue is that? Uh, it is. Hold on, looking. Fuck me. Whoops. I'm trying to remember. Twenty. It was a twenty-six, twenty-three. Issue twenty-six. Twenty-six. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I heard that can saw that canceled, and and with Justice League Odyssey, I was so sad on both of those because I have been just thoroughly enjoying the storytelling. Because Justice League Odyssey even feels like um, how you know what you tell me about the old Guardians of the Galaxy that you loved, you know, yeah, that's what it kind of feels like. How I feel about it, um, not this came onto a television or a movie and now you have a talking tree everybody loves. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm really disappointed with that. But uh, yeah, some changes are taking place at DC. We'll see what happens, I guess. So that's yeah, all I really had. I'm not quite sure how much they're going to last much longer. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I mean, clearly the only reason I want to see them stay afloat is just for Green Lantern. Um, right. Especially since they're canceling my two other favorite books. Um, but looking at my poll file now, I, I mean, I'm pretty much almost fully independent. Maybe, yep. you know, because I was collecting Ghost Rider, that got canceled. I don't think... I'm getting Spider Woman still for Marvel, but that's about it, I think. And then with DC, um, Justice League Odyssey, Hawkman, Green Lantern, Far Sector are the four that I'm getting. And if DC, you know, two of those are canceled, DC drops down the drain, then I'm pretty much strictly independent. And I'm not even talking about Image being independent. I'm not even really reading anything from Image. A lot of it's Boom and Vault and Aftershock and stuff like that. So, really disappointing. Anyhow, well, uh, you got anything else? Uh, nope. That's pretty much all I got. Yeah. Uh, we missed one week, and we had a lot to, or a little bit of news to go there. So, yep. especially you. Look at you go with the news. Um, right. <laughs> oh, I did have one other thing. I can't believe I even brought up the Kickstarter thing. So it reminded me of the Kickstarter thing. Okay. So um, the guys at Omug did a Kickstarter for Lenny Vernon for a three part story arc. Um, That just closed up. They hit their goal. And so three issues will be being released September, October, November, December ish. So their first one's supposed to be in September. Next one's supposed to be, I think, in October. 
and they're hoping to have the next one out in November, maybe early December. But um, this is their first three multi-issue story arc. Uh, Lenny Vernon's various standalone book. And uh, so I'm, I'm super excited that uh, that got uh, pushed through and they hit their goal so they could finish this up. So um, absolutely check out omug.com. Take a look at Lenny Vernon, Badass Trucker. Hilarious series. Uh, it's just a dimwit, dimwitted truck driver who just beats the crap out of everybody. It's amazing. So absolutely take a look at that if you get an opportunity to. But uh, otherwise, yeah, I guess I will wrap us up. Um, so... Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please go out and comment on your favorite uh, listening app and let us know uh, that you're listening. If you have some thoughts or ideas of what you would like to hear us talk about, please tell us. If you hear us have a book that we haven't talked about or something that you think sounds pretty interesting, you want us to check it out, tell us. As long as we can find it, we'll talk and take a look at it. We uh, we aren't real picky about what we read, as you can hear with the uh, me reading Sledgehammer and Mad Balls and Care Bear books. So, um, but yeah, yeah, we'll take a listen and or take a read and see what we think about it. And um, if you have any suggestions whatsoever, absolutely let us know. We're always open to that. And uh, Nick, did you want to talk about Roll Die for a moment? Um, yeah, we can talk about it for a second. Um, so, we also have on uh, another stream, we have. A thing called Roll Die for Adventure, which is five, six people getting together to play role-playing games in a most absurd way. Most of the time, we don't even follow rules. It's just made up as we go. A lot of the time, it's just improv. Um, Ninja Turtles especially was just all improv. <laughs> Ghostbusters is 90% improv. There's not a lot of rolling involved, just a lot of people having a whole bunch of dick and fart jokes, which is... Kind of the bread and butter seems like, like we always say, if, uh, if you want a serious RPG, this is not the place for you. Um, right now we're doing Dungeons and Dragons, but it wasn't feeling the way I wanted it to, so I'm going to take a break from that. And Shannon's going to run a game for a while and help me get my groove back because two and a half years of running games off the top of your head kind of um, you kind of lose your mojo after a while you just can't think of what else to do next and that's where I'm at right now um, so yeah um, we're recording the third season of the Great Plains Ghostbusters Adventure Hour uh, it's insane that's all I gotta say if I you want to hear it, it. <laughs> if you if you want to hear it, it's on our Patreon page or uh, yeah, it's on our Patreon page. Mm-hmm. Um, for you know, if you put a dollar in for a month, you can listen to it. Um, a dollar a month is all it is, and you can hear every episode that we have that comes out early. So if, as soon as I'm done editing it, it goes right into Patreon. So you could probably hear the entire season of Ghostbusters before it even comes out. Um. Yeah, it is weird, and it's going to go in places that my like my people are not going to expect. They're not going to to know what's going on. 
they think they know what's going on. They have no idea. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So if you like role-playing games that aren't real into rolling, but more into role-playing, that's where we are. So, yeah, cool. And everything's in the show notes, so if you want to find it, it's in there. So, And I will tell you that not just because you're my buddy, but I have had some of the laugh-out-loud funniest moments listening to these shows. I'm not involved in the role-playing games at all. I'm not a, I don't like to play them myself. I'm not good at that kind of thing. But listening to these guys do this show, I have literally been out in the office and started laughing very loudly uh, across the floor, and everybody hears me doing it because they just go so off the wall. It is hilarious. So if you just want to laugh, absolutely check these shows out. So... All right. Well, with that, we're going to wrap it up for the evening. Um, We'll get back on track of getting a regular show going again. Uh, Just missed a week, but uh, kind of throws off the mojo a little bit. So uh, we'll be back next week, and uh, thanks for listening. Thank you. See you. Bye.